Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Brooke Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. Sort of. Yeah, sort of. I'll be honest. Today we may we may bring it up. You'll notice that we don't have a, a YouTube video today. I'm not too sure we will ever again. It, you know, it's hard. <laughs> no, but listen, folks, we uh, no guests today. Uh, we're gonna be. This is kind of old school in it. Old school in it. By the way, by the time you listen to this. There's also a Patreon up, so if you want to check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash reality blows. And uh, that's our first Patreon of January, which means uh, pretty soon to follow, because the, the month is running out, the second bonus episode will wow. be up on our Patreon. Um, also, our website is not really working. I don't know why. The I link, thought you said you fixed it. I thought I did. The link just doesn't work. I don't know why. So mm. really, we have a link tree up, which is basically all our website was was just kind of a domain name that was linked to a link tree just go to our uh instagram i'm actually shocked at the amount of time i spent last week on the phone or on a like a live chat with customer service for some sort of an issue you know like i was on i was doing the chat with the GoDaddy person forever they called me trying to fix the website the woman i was talking to was like listen i'm in arizona and it's working great I don't know what's going on. Yeah, she was wrong. She was wrong. It it wasn't working great. It it just didn't work. I, I mean I, I I attempted to bring it up on our Wi Fi and then also just using the five G on my phone. By the way, you know my phone's got five G. I got a new phone. I Nick upgraded. I upgraded because I smashed my phone. We talked about this last week, but I ended up after that podcast having to buy a phone. It was also, you know, it's it's interesting not to change the subject quickly, but I mean, we might as well, right? Yeah, we're going to dance around. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But uh, when you, you know, I always kind of think of going to a place like Verizon to like deal with problems that I'm having with my equipment or like, um, you know, any sort of that stuff. If your cable goes out. That sort of problem you have, your Wi-Fi isn't working. I'm always kind of, this day and age, preparing myself for like a very stressful, long, entangled engagement with the people who are trying to, much like, I mean, I didn't even mean it for this, but the customer service person you were trying to talk to. Yeah. uh, I I kind of braced myself for that. Well, when you're going to go to uh, the Verizon store and you've broken your phone and your goal is, I'm just going to buy a new phone, the newest phone they have. I'm just going to grin and bear it, grit my teeth, bite the bullet, and just take my lashings. I'm going to buy a phone outright. I don't contract phones because they kind of, what if I want to get out of the contract that we're in right now? And then I, I owe them this phone. I have to pay it off and it's worth less. It's all, it's all a whole bunch of crap. So Ashley, you and I, the last time when we got our phones, the one that I just broke and the one that you're on right now, um, we did a couple's date. And and we outright bought our phones from iPhone. I mean, we're, we we're Apple, Apple customers. Store, I mean, yeah. it's kind of weird these days to just be like, I'm going to buy it. I'm just going to spend the money to own this phone. Right. Most people do the thing where they pay off a little each month. Right. But I prefer to just own it. Just own it. And then you can leave your contract yeah. if you have to. I, I don't want to be beholden to any company. I'm also not the person who changes their phone every six months. Like, I mean, we got our phones when they were new, the eights when they were new. And that was probably three years ago at this point. Yeah. In phone land, that's pretty ancient for at least technical savvy people like us. Right. For people who are with it. Yes. So I was like, no, I'm going to have this phone like forever again. So I'll just, when you go walk into the Verizon store and you're just like, I'm going to buy a phone fully. 
They're like, right this way, sir. They like sit you down. <laughs> Two people are helping you. Um, you know, I was half You're waiting. You're saying the red carpet was oh, rolled out. I was waiting for like them to like break out like the good wine and stuff. You know what I wow. mean? It was like the most stress-free. And I had already spent the money in my head. Mm-hmm. So the idea of dropping this mo- kind of money... You know, and it wasn't as shocking to me as it was when I initially broke my phone earlier that day. But I mean, my phone is like smashed and unresponsive and old and broken. So there was no way out of this except for either to downgrade and not buy a piece of equipment that I or buy a piece of equipment that I don't really want or to just say fuck it and spend the money on the top of the line stuff. Once you get rid of the guilt the the buyer's guilt. Yeah. It's nice to just go into a place and drop some fucking cash. Yeah. I, I don't get that experience much. I didn't get it that much when we were living in a normal life, but God damn, it felt good. It made me want to go like make reservations somewhere to like buy a watch or like. And this is why people have spending problems. I guess so. It just made me feel like a king, Ashley, a king. Yeah. It releases a bunch of dopamine in the brain and you feel like you have, you're rewarding. You've been rewarded. You are a lion in the safari and you have killed a gazelle. I felt like I was like everyone's boss that day. You like, basically were. I was just like, you know, ordering errand boys to go do things for me at the Verizon store on Highway 36. You know, you're talking about like going in and buying the top of the line. Um, and I, I feel like you have no other choice because if you're going to get like an iPhone 8 or 9 or 10 or 11, you're still going to be paying like $800 for something that is not the newest, you know, best version. So it's like you might as well just get you might as well pay the extra 200, 300. Folks, I need my stupid videos of my silly cat to be in 4K. I just need it to. I can't believe how good the pictures look. In fact, Nick is just like convinced me to upgrade hey my screen is fine my phone is fine ashley's phone is pristine my phone is wonderful i don't even have a like screen cover on my phone no. i ain't got no cracks she don't give on a shit. wood she'll give a shit um and i'm just looking at these pictures nick's rolling out just he's, he's like leaning over and snapping a pic real quick and i'm like well that's art i need that i need that camera i'll tell you what though what I've noticed is taking pictures in 4K, I tried a little bit of the 4K out. And and for our uh, less technical savvy people, 4K is a video quality that is new. TVs now kind of come in 4K. Not much programming comes in 4K. You could probably buy uh, a DVD maybe that's in 4K. But right now it's only specially made stuff. Like if you go on YouTube, there are creators out there who film in 4K. And it's usually like, you know them like swimming with sharks or something it's like yeah. it's like a, a thing super that, specific and it's something you would probably see like back remember back before like imaxes were like normal for marvel movies and the only time you could see an imax is if you went to like your local like museum science center and they showed you like living with the dolphins mm. and and you know it's kind of like that sort of technology where like i don't you're not seeing a batman movie in 4k but you are seeing like an octopus like fight a whale or something mm-hmm. so um by the way i've not seen an octopus fight a whale i made that up but you get what i mean yeah so but m- this stupid cell phone fucking films in 4k so i'm like oh let me try some of this 4k out man so i turned my lights on and i was in uh really what is Ashley's office, even though Ashley doesn't really use it that much anymore. But uh, I went in there and I started filming and uh, my face and I smiled and I said a few things and I'm like, I'm testing this out. This is 4K. Then I watched it. Oh my God, I am ugly in 4K, folks. 
I, I put makeup on them. Every dent <laughs> in my fucking head shows up in 4K. Every stain on my eyeballs. Well, show you've up. got you've got you know it's just men. You don't get the pleasure of being able to wear a little just makeup, just a little tinted cover to even out that skin tone. But if I just want to send like a silly pic to one of my friends, I'm gonna have to put on some blush. I, just, this is too much for me. It does show a lot. It does. It's really, it's like, I almost look vile. Babe, like, you don't like, look vile. <laughs> I definitely looked sick. Well, I that is true. <laughs> I immediately got a COVID test. Negative. <laughs> you looked sleepy and sick. I, yeah. I just looked bad. And and there's another thing, like when you um set up your Memoji yeah. on your phone, you know, um, when you're setting it up on the pre sort of new, like I guess since the X, the Memoji, they've done this face recognition on the Apple iPhones. Or you just put it up to your face, it it recognizes your face, and it opens your phone up. So you no longer have a button to touch with a finger thing. So I did that, and then I was like, oh, let me set up my Memoji. So I set, I went, and it just picked like a Memoji for me, and it looked exactly like me, and it chose the biggest bags under anyone's eyes you could pick in like cartoon form. <laughs> it is quite funny. And I, I put a little hat on myself, a little beanie, and I made my hair the length that it is right now, which is uh, quarantine length. And uh, I sent it to my dad, and he was like, hey, that looks like you, or Cheech Marin, <laughs> which is Cheech of Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Um, and I looked, and I go, oh, yeah, it kind of does with the beanie on. And, and yes, the bags under my eyes make me look stoned, <laughs> and I do kind of look like Cheech Marin. And you got like a little grin on your face. A little grin on my face. I think that's little Nicky Big Boy. That's little Nicky Big Boy. I like it. He's the he's actually, uh, you know, as I, as I said, I spent money on a fucking Apple watch like two days before Nick my phone Nick has upgraded broke. his entire <laughs> like life. Mr. Tech walking around the same house all day long like, yeah I'm, I'm texting my phone from my watch it's going into my earbuds it's it's a wild wild ride but i'll tell you it does to go back to the point it does feel good to just spend some dang money but ashley i know what you're talking about i've i've been on the phone um trying to settle as you guys know my mother passed away I am dealing with her estate uh, when you have to shut somebody's finances down, basically their whole deal. And Ashley can attest to the fact that it's been kind of a, a job, right? It's a oh job. Oh my goodness. A hundred percent. It's a full-time job. It's it, it every time you, from what I can tell, every time you go, you, we've broken everything down into singular tasks, which are a lot, a lot of things to check off. And every time you delve into one of those, it kind of opens up four more tasks. Yes. So it feels like whatever that mythological beast is where you cut off one of the heads of the snake and it grows two more, that is what we are um, up against. Yes, a lot of snake heads going around here. But, you know, often this is like they don't have emails, um, inbounding emails that you could talk to these people with. So you actually have to call up and ask. And I've right. had to deal I with mean, a lot of. If you walk around our house on a weekday, it's just you can hear in the background customer service waiting music and most times. So I waited like a half hour for this one place that I had to call on behalf of my mother. And I got in and I had to just ask them a couple of questions on how they needed to get this information. And I had to fill out this like a 78 page PDF they sent. I had to take a look at it. It wasn't filling out all 78 pages, but it was a lot for a guy like me. So I called up and I asked and they uh, they told me what the deal was. And I was like, OK, cool. And I finally got through to them. It took like a half hour. And then I, I hung up. And as soon as I hung up with them, I looked at this thing and I realized the initial question that I had called for. 
I did not ask because mm. I was on the hold for so long. I, I had been perusing through this thing. I came up with a couple of other right. subsequent questions. Yeah. That's why you need like a notebook in front of right. you with the things mm-hmm. written down that you have to ask. And like, I think that, you know, my experience with customer service, um, specifically with the visible gift card really reflects this has been (laughs) really reflects like the your issue too because this basically is you know the same not exactly the same but structurally the uh you know identical experience for you which is that i signed up with visible which is a cell phone carrier they um they they use verizon towers i'm not sure how it works but it's like 40 dollars a month is it like bootleg are they like tapping in do they have like a guy climbing towers like uh rewiring things i think that they're owned by verizon and they're basically like you will use our towers but you like you're gonna have worse service during peak hours i don't know the service is is spotty sometimes but i'll tell you what it's like unlimited data unlimited text unlimited calls for 40 bucks i was paying 90 for that for verizon i'll wait a couple seconds for my page to load you know once or twice a week that's fine so anyway they had the sign up bonus you sign up with visible and you get a $100 gift card. And I was like, yes, that's what I want. I love free stuff. So I signed up for it. You got to be a customer for two months for them to award it to you. I got the email in December, like, hey, your time to claim your gift card. I fill out all the things. I hit the link. It's like, wait a couple days. The gift card will appear. You'll get another link, blah, blah, blah. And then guess what happens? Christmas. I feel like I lost two weeks. I don't even remember Christmas at all. Everything got put on hold. uh, On that note, Christmas felt like it was a year ago, but also like a day ago. Mm -hmm. Like it's so crazy. And also it's like, I feel simultaneously horrible that it's over and and happy that it's gone. It's, it's, I, I don't know. This Christmas was crazy. And I was watching something on a DVR uh, yesterday, which was uh, some Food Network show where uh, a woman who judges all these Food Network shows, she's basically doing, they're all doing this ancillary programming now, this bullshit programming because they can't be in a studio. So she's in her backyard with her fiance watching old episodes of her television show and then like commenting on it and also pretending to be a contestant on her show by like competing against old episodes. It's, huh. it's really fun. I wish I'll I'll look it up what it is and we could talk about it more later. Probably not. But it was taped on like the uh, December 15th. And mm. so when I was watching it, everything was like Christmas, throwing me back to the Christmas programming commercials and shit. And I couldn't speed past these fucking commercials fast enough. It made me feel awful that we mm. had just gone through Christmas and I could barely remember it yet am scorned by it. Yeah, that sums up my feelings for it as well. So I come out of the Christmas haze and I'm like, hey, where's my freaking gift card? thought it was going to come in a couple of days. So January 5th, I start taking care of business. I get on the call, talking to Visible, talking to a specialist. They're like, your card is going to come in two days. It doesn't come. I went through like a week of calling people and like being put on hold. With Visible, there's no number you can call to talk to a human. You have to like live chat a human and they swear they're humans because I keep asking, are you really a person? And they're like, I am. And then they will like put you in line for a specialist to call and then and then 
this the company that's handling the gift card is called Blackhawk, which is like a terrifying name. Like, what are all these like Blackhawk, Blackwater, Black Raven, Black Roof? You know, all of these things that are like abstract companies. Well, there's also you know the great movie Black Hawk Down about yeah. it. Yeah, so Blackhawk is handling my <laughs> gift card, and got to talk to a specialist there. I get on the phone with the specialist, so like. At least three times. And then the Blackhawk person. I kind of feel like maybe Blackhawk. Do you think like to save money, like some of these people in like literally like flying in a chopper outside of Baghdad is like taking customer service? Like, can you hear like choppers in the background? No, I I can only hear (laughs) highly disinterested people. (laughs) Um, So this specialist is like, we've got it all figured out. Nick's in the car with me when I finally get this woman on the phone on Monday last week um and you know she's like it's going to be there in 24 hours well i mean are we going to be completely since we're talking about visible should we be completely visible and say that we were eating shake shack in our car we were in the car eating shake shack which is our (laughs) new ritual we had shake shack twice last week and we'll probably have it twice this week listen i have i have i have a shake shack more easily for me to get to than i did when i lived in new york city where shake shack like is born and shake shack in new york city is like a tourist attraction unfortunately so if you're ever like in the city and you're like, oh, I want some Shake Shack, it's always like 40 Germans standing yeah. in line. Well, because it's either in like fucking Prospect Park or whatever, or not Prospect Park. Uh, Flatiron. You know, whatever. Whatever that park it's is. It's in a park with a whole bunch of construction Bryant workers park waiting outside, well. of, outside of it, plus kids like trying it with their ice creams, uh, with their parents. Or, or it's in Times Square. Or it's across the street from the Barclays Center in yeah. Brooklyn. Like people go see a Nets game or watch like the Eagles play. And, uh, uh, and I'm but talking about the But here in New Jersey, there's just just like a Shake Shack like outside of the mall. Yeah, it's like right next to Chipotle outside the mall. And like, yeah, there are people there, but like a normal amount of people. Yeah. And the food is so good. It's always hot and fresh. It's delicious. It's just fucking good. I want to get Shake Shack today. It's the only fast food I can eat because they have like a vegetarian option. Oh, and their vegetarian option like it's is dope. fucking awesome. It's a portobello stuffed with cheese. It's a portobello burger with like hot cheese and right like in the middle. it's like a portobello that's been... F- like fucking deep fried, deep fried. It's so crunchy. it's just like you don't even you don't even taste that portobello it's so good it's so, so good yeah anyway like to make a really long story short it got to a point with this visible thing where i was like wow the amount of hours i have put into trying to get this gift card have made this gift card null and void like i have i have worked for this gift card for a hundred dollars also Visible is now doing a sign up bonus for a two hundred dollar oh gift card oh my god i Ashley. couldn't be more pissed <laughs> But anyway, long story short, like three days ago, I finally get another Black Hawk guy on the phone and he's like, oh, I know the issue. We have like two emails here for you for some reason. I'll just switch it over to this other email. It should work. Can you go ahead and sign in right now? And I signed in and it was there. And so it's just like no one, no one. I'm so annoyed that this took like two weeks and it was just the the problem was just that there were two emails in the system and then I had to talk to so many people. How did they get a secondary email for you? I have no idea. I guess they have all of our information. I mean, maybe it's the government. Who knows what's going on? But they were like, yeah, we have your we have this other email for you as well. And that's why our system is tripped up. So you did get it. I got it. Yeah, it arrived. Wow. 
And this reminds me of the thing you were talking about when you had that 75 page document because you were like going back and forth and like mailing it and signing it. And then you got a lady on the phone who was like, you can just do this online with me right now. Yeah. And it took 10 <laughs> minutes. And I was like literally on my way to the post office. You're like, and, you're the eighth person I've talked yeah. to. Why hasn't anyone told me well, this? I, I told her that i mean that did happen that the first person i spoke to i was like is there an email can i just scan this stuff and send it over to you and they're like uh we don't have an inbound email and i was like so you're gonna have to actually mail it to our place in texas and i was like okay um and then the next day started preparing for that needed some questions answered and uh eventually the third person i spoke to was like no you just you just can do it with me right now. And I was like, well, the person before told they're me. Like, they're wrong. And they were like, yeah, that person just, it took a little bit of like creative thinking. Because what had happened was this was a financial place and I had two accounts there too. So it was the mm. exact same thing. I had an account from when I was a kid mm-hmm. when I had some bonds made out in my name. And because I had an existing account that I didn't know how to get into because it wasn't set up in my name. Not only that, like, you know, I'm in my 30s now. This was like when I was 10 years old. So all the information was from somebody else in my family in a house they don't live in and a phone number they don't have anymore. And I just didn't know. And she just troubleshooted the whole thing, got me in there, and I Incredible. literally did it in 10 minutes. And that's to say to you guys that, hey, <laughs> our website might be down for a while yeah. because we're not calling GoDaddy. <laughs> we spent all the time for a week. And let us know if the website's working for you and it, it Maybe it's not just Arizona. Maybe there's just a black hole in New Jersey where the website doesn't work. Who knows, folks? You know, we were talking about buying things. We are talking about buying a phone. And I've been in like a really, I've just been having such an itch to buy stuff. Like it's out of control how much I want things i don't I, I think it's like a hoarding like it's winter i'm trying to like hide all my acorns you know i think it's like an animal response where i'm like nick and i need new sheets i need new candles i need candle accessories i need jewelry you know i don't know what's going on in with my brain but i i am for the most part keeping a distance from like i've been able to control it but something that has come up that uh, involves both of us is I got Nick into just very, very light surface of buying stocks. And on top of that, this is so like related to the podcast, but um, Nelson, Nellie T from the challenge is also into stocks. And he posted like a week ago, this penny stock and he was like this is my favorite penny stock right now i'm into it like you guys should check it out so i was like what the heck let me buy this it was like a dollar 90 or something a stock and i was like you know what i'm gonna take nelly t's recommendation i love him on television why would i not take stock advice from this man and i just bought i don't know like 20 shares or something you know i I spent a relatively low amount of money on it hey that stock it's doing great thanks for the advice nelly t all right nelly t gone up over the week making that money and he's helping people out all right nelly t (laughs) yeah um yeah it was a little scary doing a little bit of this uh stock deal but you know i've lost a dollar since i've uh put it in and that's about it I have a lot of guilt over buying Bitcoin like three months ago when it was low and then having it like triple in the past couple of months and just not telling my like close ones to buy Bitcoin. I mean, maybe I said it like in passing, like, hey, you should buy some Bitcoin. But um, I I should have made it like more of an issue. Mm. What do you think about that? Well, I would have liked to have gotten in on that train, but... (laughs) 
I it just didn't. seems like it. It seemed at the time because I don't know anything about cryptocurrency or stocks. The the idea that I was buying Bitcoin seemed like, oh, Ashley's losing it. No, this is a sign of a woman who is unhinged. Hey, will you close that window? There's like a draft coming in. Sure. Oh, you want me to keep talking? Yeah. Here he goes. He's closing the window. We have um. It's so interesting that we live in this house where we can control the heat now because for the past eight years of our relationship, we've lived in a Brooklyn apartment where the landlord controls the heat. They turn it on and they turn it off. And your option, the only option you have is whether or not you want to open a window. And so we've been here with like central air. And you know what, guys? We haven't figured it out. We're like we're like struggling to understand how it works. Struggle mode, folks. It's always a little too hot or a little too cold. <laughs> and is that just like what <laughs> happens when you have the freedom of choice? Like you're like, oh, can't get it just right. Yeah. Whereas like in Brooklyn, we're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like it. See, uh, the other problem is, is I like it a little on the colder side, and Ashley likes it a little on the warmer side. Men and women, they're from different planets. Yeah, <laughs> men are from uh, farts, women are from peepees. I had a kid in comedy class yesterday who did uh, who has a new bit about like wh- how lame the name Earth is, and like he's like, so many planets have cool names like Venus. Mars, Jupiter, and we live on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty true. Yeah. Although when uh, Will Smith in Independence Day punches that alien in the fa- face and then says, Welcome to Earth, bitch. Yeah. He made it sound pretty cool. That's an iconic moment. It is an iconic moment. Um, monument? Monument. <laughs> monument. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been dealing with a lot of financial weirdness, uh, spending too much money, being on the phone with people, not getting what we rightfully deserve out of mm. our visible accounts. Mm. But, um, you know, what I've only been, I've pretty much only been doing since the last time we podcasted was uh, re- doing research and obsessing over uh, a rapper named MF Doom, who's my one of my favorite recording artists of all time who passed away at the age of 49 and um he's uh, i don't know if you're at all interested in music or listen to any sort of music or or maybe even closer to pop culture podcasts or or youtube or or the new york times arts section and you you probably came across the fact that this guy passed away but i bet you the majority of you don't know who that is um, and it's I very, didn't it's, before we started dating. It's very interesting to me that uh, this person is getting so much um, love thrown at them posthumously. Mm-hmm. And uh, the majority of the people that I know probably are not very familiar. I would say some of maybe my friends have heard of this person before, but really don't know what they did in their lifetime. And I find that to be interesting, very fascinating. Um, and uh, I've just been obsessing over you know the podcasts that have been coming out with interviews from the his inner circle of people kind of describing really just going over the same beats over and over again but i've listened to multiple interviews with people with the same almost the same three guys being interviewed on different podcasts and different uh radio shows about uh mf doom and his life and all that stuff but it's the only thing that i've wanted to really do all day long and then i list i'll listen to an album after i listen to an interview where they give me like a tidbit about what was going on in this person's life during this album and i go ooh, that kind of adds another color to the album 
And, um, you know, before he passed away, I was uh, a big fan, but like most people who didn't know this person in real life, didn't know anything about them. Um, the mythos was big with MF Doom. Uh, um, he, was, he was a rapper, and uh, he, he had a, a hip-hop group um, in the very early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, called KMD with uh, his brother and um, another rapper at the time. They were young. And they were put on by, uh, you know, some of the rappers at the time and kind of had some connections. And they were on Elektra Records. And they're uh, right before they were done completing their second album, um, they, their first album didn't really do so well, I don't think. But I think there was a couple of hits on there. Uh, his, uh, this guy, uh, MF Doom, whose name is Daniel Dumoulay, but his, his rapper name at the time was called Zev Love X. Um, his brother named Subrock got run over on the Long Island Expressway and died. Mm, right, that's awful. Right before they were done completing their second album, like in 1992 or three or something mm. like that. And uh, then MF Doom or Zev Love X finished the album for Elektra. They gave it to the record company. And the record company shelved it because of the album artwork. Um, and they wouldn't put it out. And so this guy's brother dies. His creative partner dies. They won't. He's basically dropped from his record label because they won't. They shelve the album, um, and they shelve it because there was a lot of uh, you know KMD came out of what the wake of a kind of a hip hop scene in New York City called the Native Tongues, um, which is there was like a lot of like you know kind of started by you know groups like. Um, you know, uh, well, I don't want to get too into it, but it was a lot of like, um, a lot of, you know, racial talking at the time, like talking about what it's like to be a young black person in America. That was a lot uh, at the time. That was a lot of what their, uh, raps were like. And then the cover depicted that, you know, there was a Sambo on the cover, um, or a depiction of, and they shelved it. They didn't even ask them whether or not they were going to change the artwork. The lecture just shelved it. And so this guy who just lost his brother and uh, his record label shelved their album, he didn't know what to do. And there was like a dark period where you didn't know where this person was. And then eventually a rapper shows up on like some of the coolest radio shows at the time in New York City in like 1996, 97 um, called MF Doom. And the people that were his close friends at the time there was a, a show called the stretch and bobito show which was like a, there's a documentary on that it was like very important for sort of underground hip-hop in new york city it would be on from 1 to 4 a.m and uh you know rappers who you kind of know now would go on there as young people and rap and then he showed up and then that guy one of the djs put out a couple of seven inches a couple of singles for him and uh he then in 1999 put out his first record and it became like really the first internet rap sensational record. I mean, he is the beginning of the internet rapper. Now, you know, I, I, some of you know that I'm kind of obsessed with some of internet rap crap, uh, but like that's like a whole genre of music now. So it's it's like an entire industry. And that uh, is known as backpack, right? Well, at the time, underground rap was called a backpack hip hop. Yep. Okay. So See, that's what I know, guys. Right. That's my information that I can add to this. Now you would call that almost SoundCloud. Like that's oh. the SoundCloud rappers of today are definitely in the same line 
you know, the, SoundCloud's the next generation the, of backpack rappers. I would say it's like four generations later. Okay. Um. So you know, it's kind of like, and he was the beginning of sort of like being able to use the internet and uh, the lore of himself to kind of sell records and never, never sign to a major label. So anyway, I've just been listening to people kind of tell this story over and over again. And because he, the most impressive or the most standout thing about him is he rapped with a mask on. And that was his whole thing. He rapped with what was uh, looked to be kind of like a modified gladiator mask on. You know what I like about that is like just a, every single artist I know and come across, whether it's in comedy or music or even on freaking TikTok, everybody just desperately wants to be famous. Right. And so the idea of being like, I'm going to make my art, but I want to protect my identity is so foreign now. Yeah. And I don't know anyone who's like that. I mean, is can we say Banksy? I mean, but Banksy, like, sure. But maybe uh, that's the only one I can think of. But like Banksy... Um, people know who his identity is, MF Doom, but they don't. No one knew where he lived. Mm. You couldn't really get. He didn't do interviews. Mm. Um, when he did, you know, the thing was, the MF Doom was a character that he portrayed. Um, there was a few characters that he would portray in his, his rap, but it was influenced by Doom, the Marvel villain, the Marvel supervillain. And as a matter of fact, uh, his first record, uh, you know, his first LP, this f first full record has sort of like, uh, you know, the character of MF Doom, which looks like Doom, the Marvel character. And the whole thing that, uh, you know, the ethos that Doom, you know, the the dude from uh, from the Marvel uh, universe he kind of took that upon himself and it was this kind of like he had all this tragedy in his life. He kind of went inside and then like came out this super villain who in the songs he would write, you know, were was there was a dichotomy like there was in the Marvel villain where it was like, uh, um, you know, he was evil, but the reason he was evil was because of all the terrible stuff that had happened to him. And that was kind of like the whole deal. And and so he just rode this wave of like people being fucking fanatics over him. And he connected to a whole youth of uh, people on message boards. I mean, that's kind of where all this took off is just like message board hip hop. And it turned into a huge career where people were just like frothing at the mouth for the next release. And then you hear all these interviews of people where it's just like, yeah, I booked him for a show in Cincinnati and Chicago and, and a uh, guy showed up with a mask on. They did the show and it clearly was somebody else rapping over a track. And, you know, Doom did this on purpose because it fed into the, the mysterious character, the super villain character. And so, you know, he was clearly super inspired by comic books. And so young people who also really love comic books and really love maybe hip hop and stuff, music kind of inspired. I mean, it just was the perfect combination of all of that sort of nerdy underground shit. Um, and uh, the guy passed away at 49. And it's just, uh, it sucks because everybody's sort of, in the past like 10 years, he's lived in London because he was not born in this country. He got his visa taken away and he just kind of released a statement when that happened. He said, that's fine, I'm done with America anyway. And just left. And you didn't really see much of MF Doom. He'd put out projects, usually with younger rappers that were more way more unknown. And I think it was just him just trying to get some money to, to pay bills and stuff like that. But that next real MF Doom drop 
never never really happened and there's a couple things in the can and stuff so it's like all I've, I've just been so obsessed with it because this guy is so important to me and like the music i love music um and it, the music that i listen to is very much uh inspired by sort of like this type of an artist where i like having a lot to research about an artist and like really thick histories of of things like i, I you know I, I it helped me become an, a music nerd when i discovered him when i was like in college uh or like late high school i didn't know anything about this guy and then somebody gave me a cd of his and i couldn't believe what i was listening to and then i went on uh you know whatever site where i would steal music at the time as like an 18 year old and i got the whole discography and i would just listen to all of it and go on message boards and try and figure out like when these things were recorded and like are there interviews and why is he doing this and at that time there wasn't that much information out there but now there is and everybody's coming out of the woodwork and so now I'm re-listening to all of this music and I'm hearing stories about the times in which it was recorded and it's making the music sound so sort of different and more full and more like colorful and vibrant because now I get like what he was doing at the time. Because in my mind, like he records this first album and it just is like a fully formed character and it's like, oh, this is perfect and I love exactly what this is. But you hear these people at the time who are like, yeah, he recorded that. He like showed up to my in my kitchen with his like Roland like looper looping machine, his drum machine in, under his arm and a microphone. And he came over to my house because I had a bunch of records and he just went through my record collection and looped a bunch of samples that like, in my opinion at the time, were not cool to loop. Because like what I didn't realize is he broke out of this thing. I know I'm going on a lot of this, but he broke out of this thing where people were like, looping like underground like you have to dig in the crates and find a record with a break on it that no one's ever seen before and then he just went and looped a Sade record that was like popular and everybody's like why would you do that that's not underground hip-hop at all and he's like don't worry let me do it and he did it and it made and it made him a lot a lot of money because people are just thinking outside of the box. So I just, I know, spending too much time talking about this. Ashley's rolling her eyes at me. I'm not rolling your eye, my eyes. I just, you're at eight minutes on this subject. That's all? <laughs> Babe, I'm so happy you found something to get really inspired well, by. Well, I am. I'm very inspired by it. So yeah, take this last eight, <laughs> eight minutes and go find some MF Doom. You probably won't like it. I don't know if you were at eight minutes. You might have been at, at four. Definitely at four at this point. It's got to be longer than four minutes. <laughs> I'm going to say six. I'm going to split the difference. Well, I mean, we could talk about Visible. <laughs> no, I think oh, okay. we covered that. I think we covered that. <laughs> All right. That. Well, then what do you got? I um I think we should take a break and then come back and talk about reality television. Uh, no. I'm wow. not taking a break. I'm not. Just roll through this. Do Ash. you want to finish your talk about MFD? No, that's it. I'm just really jazzed up on on I mean it's I'm very sad that he passed away, but I'm finally like it's very hard to find, you know, any sort of content like a podcast where somebody like delves into stuff that I don't know anymore and now yeah. it's coming out like, you know, for two weeks just podcasts rolling out from every part of the internet of and I, I will say that you have been like whenever i come upstairs i'm like what are you doing you're like listening to a podcast about him or watching an interview or something and clearly your knowledge is encyclopedic do you have anyone in your life you can discuss this with who yeah. is on the same like no. knowledge basis as you? yeah sure i mean i have some friends that that are not not so many though no i mean that's and that is the plight of the the underground rap fan mm. that's why you that's why message boards exist yeah that makes sense 
So I don't really need to talk so much about it, although with you right now I, I do, but because um, I, I really have nothing else to speak about on this podcast. We actually had a really long <laughs> conversation about it the other day that I enjoyed as well. Yeah, it's um, I um, it makes me sad because there's not many um musical artists where I feel like I was kind of a part of something that was like not the biggest thing in the world yet, you know, could have been, you know. So I don't know. I I I, uh, I, I if you're into rap at all, the thing is, it's so kind of count. It's like um, there's a thing called outsider music. Yeah, like and, outsider art. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think outs. I think I think. Even though if you were to sort of analyze this with other rap people, you're like, this is hip hop. You know, there's not there's weird, strange outsider art influence happening with this person. I mean, you know, much like Daniel Johnston was kind of like this, you know, uh, person in Austin who was like an outsider artist making like folk music and stuff. And he passed away sort of recently. And, and yeah. uh, you know, that same sort of like. Um, that's the same sort of character where you're like, oh man, the, this person's not working within any bounds of an industry. They're that's what just I like to think about us. Dropping art. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. This podcast is not ne necessarily Mad Villainy, uh, which is an album. Well, I'm happy that you have something to focus on. I think getting obsessed, <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like, I think that like, that is a positive thing being like really having a subject that you really care about because personally right now I could not be more uninspired. So just seeing you be inspired and wanting to learn as much as possible about his life and his work, it's like, I'm happy for you. You know, that's, that should be looked at as a gift to be honest, mm -hmm. because otherwise what are we doing? We're just floating by watching another season of Love Island, you know? Well, that's what you're doing. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I freaking bailed on Love Island season four. I, I've been trying to finish Love Island season four for a year now. I couldn't be less interested in these characters. And I, I was just doing it out of some sort of completist mentality where I was like, I started the season. Now I need to finish it. And you know what? I'm two episodes away from the end. And I was like, I can't watch these people anymore. I don't care about them. I don't want to watch this ending. The ending is also just like all bullshit about like the love they've found together so i'm out and i jumped into season five and it's already way better than season four yeah you seem to love season season five i'm into season five i got a new cast of characters um you know no i don't the the rampant misogyny on season four was too much and coming out of season three where there were so many like um you know co-ed friendships and not seeing that at all on season four was pretty much a shock I, i'm not really seeing like co-ed friendships in season five but i'm seeing a lot less of guys just being total scumbags Right. So why? Because like, has society caught up with, uh, with? No, I don't think so. I no. don't think society's caught up. I think that their casting might have like taken a cue, um, because, you know, this time we have we don't have a guys going into the house who are like, yeah, I'm gonna just dump. I want her. I'm gonna dump her. I'm gonna. I want this one. I'm gonna dump her. Which is what happened in season four. Mm. So going through that, um, we're still watching The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, still loving that. You know, people really do not like Jen. Like on the internet, my friends, when I text them, everyone's like, Jen's a mess. Jen's the villain. You know, Whitney is the star Jen wish she was. 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think about Jen? I think Jen's uh, the star of the show. I mean, nobody else in this series is interesting, right? Yeah. Except for Mary, and Mary is not really on the show that much so yeah and apparently i was asking around trying to figure out why mary's not on the show i'm like have they ditched her is she has have all the housewives already turned against her and she's being iced out seems a little early for the franchise and i learned that in the original when they were originally shooting this she was going to be sort of like a peripheral character she was going to be like jen's friend was her role. And then another production company stepped in and they were like, when, when the second production company took over, they were like, nah, she's going to be a mainstay. Yeah. I mean, I think she's so weird. So yeah, I would, I would want her as a mainstay a hundred percent. Um, I think Jen is, um, yeah, she's got a temper and she's like losing it and she's kind of a baby about stuff. And, um, like the fact that she's like able to like just throw a glass across the, the room and smash it at her husband's birthday party, um, uh, is, tells me that she's a little off kilter. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, also she's, she's a Muslim woman who her, her husband, who's a Muslim man ha- observes the laws of, uh, not having to drink. And so there is like a little wrapped upness of like, you know, in this last episode, her husband like left the house for four days because yeah. she got drunk and threw that glass. So I find it um, a little bit more interesting than when like a housewife from another city throws a glass and gets drunk because like religion doesn't come into play here. So right. the backlash of like, hey, you're this is not the way we live our life. You know, we do not drink. Um, or I don't drink and I don't like that you're drinking and throwing glasses around. You don't normally see that from a husband of one of the housewives in, uh, in these universes. So uh, once again, I, I find the religion aspect part of this, uh, the, the religion aspect of this, uh, real housewives season is interesting. I think it makes things more interesting. I'm more into this season than I have been of any of the housewives in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, I know that New Jersey's starting up again. I think I might DVR it just because we are living with cable at the time, and why not? And I might try and jump into Jersey, although Jersey's horrible. It really is bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not good, folks. Um, yeah, I keep, like, I was on the phone with my dad, and he was uh, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, ah, I'm folding laundry, and Nick and I are about to watch The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And he's like, Real Housewives? I didn't think you watched that. And I was like, I don't. You don't understand. It's different, Dad. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is different. And he was like, is it as good as The Real Housewives of Atlanta? And I was like, Dad, how do you even know about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think uh, new york and atlanta are are definitely the tops the best they are the best Um, i heard potomac something we should get into i watched the first two seasons of potomac and bailed i i I usually watch the first two seasons of these new things like dallas was great the first season and then got kind of shitty uh in subsequent seasons but um I don't know. I guess people aren't really liking it. I've talked to a couple of our mutual friends who watch rea- uh, uh, reality TV and especially the Housewives, and they couldn't get into uh, mm. Salt Lake City. So it must be something. I think we're not delving that into this type of reality much anymore. Yeah. So when this came on, it, it does 
it does hit uh, the spot that we're not hitting. We're we're so into competition reality in this household since since the past year. We're only watching Survivor, The Challenge, and Big Brother. Right. It, it's like that really should be what this podcast is called. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Survivor, The Challenge, and Big Brother. Um, we should have just talked about competition reality. That's where we went. That's wrong. our niche. So yeah, but we did watch something else that was a little different last night, which was um called Views from the Mall or something like that. Oh my God, Mall I City. Love- I think it was it. called Mall City. So I I have to tell you what right now. I don't know how many people here use YouTube, but I'm a YouTube uh, connoisseur. YouTube head in the house. I'm a tube head. Tube head. I'm a tuber. Okay. That's what I do. Nick is like found. Okay. I, I have to say as an observer of Nick's YouTube algorithm that he, he has made it work for him. I have. I, I would put my recommended page of, on YouTube against anybody's recommended page. And sure, fine. It's tailored to your taste. So, okay. But I'm telling you, uh, stuff gets recommended to me that's fantastic. And uh, last night, something got recommended to me, and we just popped it on. And it was called Mall City. And it was a documentary, a 45-minute documentary, if you could call it that. Made by NYU students in, in 1983. And um, about the uh, Roosevelt Field Mall in Long Island. And they just kind of, this little college crew went out with a camera and a microphone and just interviewed kids and some adults um, in the mall who just kind of are mall people walking around and just asked them, why you like the mall? And, and really, these guys who were like probably 20... Uh, asking these like 16 to like 17 year old girls, like, are you here to date guys? You, yeah. You're, you're looking for a guy. You're looking for guys. And there, everybody was looking for a guy or a girl. That, yeah. That's all the kids were doing. We're like, they're like, yeah, of course. And that's like, how you come to the mall. I mean, you shop, yeah. but yeah, we look around. I mean, what was also great, it was 1983 Long Island. So the, the I mean, you, you almost needed subtitles for some you of these really fucking did. accents. Coil. It was like uh, one of the comments said there's a lot of karate kids walking around there. And it's true. <laughs> Everybody looked like Ralph Macchio from the Karate Kid. We saw two guys that were like so cool. Like they were dressed like present day Bushwick hipsters. Like they was like wearing like a members only jacket covered in pins with a trucker hat and a Ramon shirt. And it, but it was like authentic. Uh, authentic. Baby, help me. Authenticity? Authentic. Authentic. Thank you. And you know... um, It was the authentic look that is now everywhere in Brooklyn. I liked how many people were looking for records. Yeah. And I liked that there was was like one group of girls and they were like, why do you come to the mall? And they're like, for stickers. What else? Yeah, they bought stickers. (laughs) And they just like go into the mall, buy stickers. Kids hanging out in the arcade. Um, Also, something I found just absolutely fascinating is like this is a docuseer, like a documentary, right? So they're going in, they're approaching all these people and talking to them. And the amount of people who were camera shy is just something you never ever see now like we as a society are conditioned to be able to talk in front of a camera even if you're not a performer if like someone comes up to you and has a camera you've you've talked into your your friend's cell phone while they're filming you so many times that it's not like truly an alien experience like these people were like shying away like having stumbling over their words you know it was clearly a unique experience having a camera pointed at them i thought that was pretty cool just thinking about how we've transformed everybody knows how to talk in front of a camera these days it's wild yeah or at least they're not like tripped up you know like maybe they're not the most um it's not even tripped up like every like you would they would put 
50% of the people they'd put in front, most of the girls they would yeah. put in front of the camera would just giggle their way out of and it. And run away. And just kind of run away. Yeah. Like, couldn't believe And then some that. of the guys would be like, yeah, I come to the mall to yeah. look for girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're like, is that guy okay? You were getting ready for bed and I was still watching it and there was this, there was this crew of dudes like... Uh, they had like leather jackets and striped shirts on and uh, they they were in a band and like them, the guys asking these other guys about their band was very funny. It was just like, so what do, what do you do here? It's just like, yeah, we just walk around, you know, look at records, hang out. And they were like, well, uh, are you, you guys look like you're in a band. And they're like, yeah, we're in a band. <laughs> they're like, really? Like what kind of band? It was like, yeah, we play like, you know, like uh, I play guitar. He plays keyboards. See, that's uh, incredible. That's also like a moment that you wouldn't get now where yeah. like we're so conditioned to promote ourselves that that would have been the first thing they would have said. Also, nobody's in a band. Like you go to the mall, no one's in a band at the mall. Now? Mo- yeah. yeah. Well, now, you know, but in the, I would say in the last 10, 15, 20 years, people aren't just ra- like hanging ran- out with their band yeah, at you, the mall. Yes. Hanging out the, the band in the mall. Like, yeah, we just came from practice. Now we're going to hang out at the mall, look for some girls and uh, yeah. we're going to get some records to get some to eat and go back home we practice also the amount of just indoor smoking like oh, everyone everybody, everyone everybody was smoking. smoking in the mall it was crazy they're talking to teens they're smoking they're talking to old ladies they're smoking yeah and uh that then, a housewife just pulls out a cigarette and lights up the guys who were filming this and interviewing people are smoking they uh went to the food court and just talked to like a group of old guys who were like you know, between the ages of like 65 and, you know, 75. And they clearly come to the mall every couple of days and just hang out and shoot the shit and yeah. play cards and smoke and stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like, oh my God, you don't ever see that anymore. You really don't. That was a real thing when I was at, when I worked in the mall in the early aughts, we had, there was probably like 10 seniors that just were at the mall all the time. They like got dropped off. They hung out with each other in the food court. They walked around. They did laps. They wanted, they would sit on a bench to chat with people. My dear friend, Sarah uh, from high school, her grandfather was one of those people who just hang out at the mall, like waiting to chat. And then my grandfather was like always going to the mall and doing laps. Um, And I just think that like, I, I don't know. Malls are dying they're dead you know like malls aren't coming back like I, I read a statistic that a mall in america is closed like every day or something insane like that i mean i'm making that up but it was like something that made me go oh shit like this is a th- this has gained momentum culturally in a way there's no going back and, and it's every, sad. every time there's a prime order put in a mall burns to the ground <laughs> basically yeah. Yeah. yeah and um i just feel like there I, I don't want to be one of those people, like one of those old people that's like, what do the kids have? But like yeah. the malls are so crucial for. Well, they have CrossFit. And... They have CrossFit gyms. Is that what they have? <laughs> do you, do you have like a cult, like, um, like, did you have a Kinko's near you growing up? A Kinko's? I mean, I don't. Kinko's Copy Center? No. I mean, yes. Yeah, I don't did know. Did you have Nobody somewhere where Nobody you went? Where Did you have a place where you would go with your parents where all the cool kids worked? Did you have this? Because in Chapel Hill... um, Yeah, like, I, need to, well, I don't know about the cool kids, but, like, well, the pool club. Pool club? Yeah, you know, pool club. Cool kids could work at the, you know, the pool club. Um, I, I remember I knew a lot of lot of uh uh hosts and ho- hostesses at different uh, chain restaurants um like chilies like chilies and hula hands and uh i don't know i can't really i can't really recall where most people worked because there was a kinko's in on franklin street and 
everyone who worked at this Kinko's was like in college, was in a band and was or was an artist and used the job to make copies for flyers and their zines. And so when I would go to Kinko's with my dad, I would like get dressed up and like get excited. Like we're going to Kinko's, we're going to make some copies. Like I wonder who's going to be there because the whole staff was awesome. Like I was in high school and they were all, they were all adults who were making stuff. And I just thought they were so rad. It's kind of like how I also felt about the independent, um, like a video rental place that we had called Vizart. Like everyone who worked there was super cool. I didn't have that. Mm. I never, I never dressed up to go to anywhere with In my dad to see anybody. You were never like, no. oh, I'll go with you to make copies. No. And I don't think he ever made copies. He's still <laughs> asking me to print stuff out for him here. <laughs> I don't think he knows that you can make a copy somewhere else. Well, guys, that's been the pod. Yeah, that's all we got for today, guys. Um, Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, try to make it to an hour. We tried to make it to an hour. Didn't, sometimes didn't we do, sometimes there. we don't. <laughs> Maybe I'll put a six minutes of MF Doom songs in here. And Can you? Up. No. Guys, Google MF can't. Doom. I can't. Sorry if I bored everybody there. No, I bored Ashley. you didn't yeah, bore me, she babe. She looked at me and she was really upset with me that I was continuing to talk. That's not true at all. It was. It I was. like your. I like that you have such an in-depth knowledge. I find it very interesting. She's fronting, guys. She's 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 posturing for you. She's upset with me. Um. All right, folks. That has been the. Po- oh, you're upset that I said. That? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm upset I'm with just you. Just kidding. Um, that's been the podcast. Obviously our website isn't working, <laughs> but, uh, just check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash reality blows. And, uh, that's all we want you to do. Yeah. We have a new episode out. It's the first one of January and we're talking all about our hike. So yeah, we're going to try and talk. We'll probably, I'm literally going to stop this and then don't put give them re- that. and then re- <laughs> hit record again and then that's what that'll happen so. yeah so if you like the energy that you just <laughs> listened to oh this is no breakfast energy maybe we'll eat some breakfast let's eat some freaking we'll breakfast. Eat some breakfast we'll come back we'll i'd like to put on a bra and we'll uh don't worry the patreon will be fucking screaming yeah we're gonna bring it guys <laughs> all right that's it bye bye